FM 89.9. My name is Daryl Ong, and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. The 2022 Commonwealth Games in Birmingham has come to a close, with the Malaysian contingent putting in a solid shift, not just achieving but surpassing the six goal target set for the squad. The team comes back home with seven goals, eight silvers, and eight bronze. The campaign also saw a young contingent repaying the faith in them, with eight out of the 28 athletes under the age of 21 bringing home medals. Malaysia ends the campaign 10th in the overall standings, the second highest placed Asian team after India, and this campaign equals the seven-goal achievement at the 2018 edition in Gold Coast. This week, joining me to review the national team's performance in Birmingham is 22-13's Harish Dio, and we kick-started the conversation with his thoughts on the overall result. It was good, but not great. Yeah, that's that's that that's that. pretty much. It's it's just that it was good, but not great. Yeah. Um, justification is uh, because good in a sense that um, there was a target set, target achieved. Yeah. Um, in surpassed. fact. We surpassed it with an additional gold medal. Mm. Um, was it expected? Yes. In fact, uh, even before the Commonwealth Games started, mm. I had said multiple times um, on air and even uh, you know uh, on my social media that we are capable of getting seven, if not eight, gold mm. medals. Mm. Um, and why did I say eight? Was because I had the men's doubles uh, badminton in mind. Mm. Uh, sadly, that didn't happen. Mm. Once again, good in that sense. Uh, target achieved, KPI achieved. Uh, we got one additional gold medal, but why not great? Is simply because I am afraid of what's next for Malaysian sports generally. Mm. Simply because it looks like we are stagnant. Okay. And um, we don't see massive improvements in ac- across the board, mm. and we are still relying on the same faces. For the medals, mm. uh, with the exception of badminton, of course. Mm, yeah, badminton is definitely, uh, I would say, uh, in butter commas, surprise um, medal medal collection. Uh, but but onto your point, Harish, um, great, uh, good, but not great. Um, do you think the medal target then was too low? Like we could have gotten way more, right? Well, yes. Like for starters, uh, let's take badminton. Yeah, um, the men's doubles should have won it, mm. but they didn't. In fact, I received a whole lot of messages right after their semi-finals clash. Most of them asking me, "What's wrong with them?" Right. I mean, the 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 play was evident. That's one. Um, lawn bowls is it's a spot that usually contributes uh, to the medal tally mm. at almost every Commonwealth Games, and we've got some some really good players there. They D- diving as well. Diving as yeah. well. Um, diving. Look, we've got world class divers. Um, they are no stranger to this, and I believe that their competition is not even in the in the in the in the Commonwealth Games. They, I think, they f- they face stiffer competition in the Asian Games and the Olympics, mm. and they are of that level. Uh, this is not to rubbish uh, the athletes, uh, not to put them down, but I think I would like to see it in the other way. I think so highly of them that I find such performance. A little disappointing. Mm, got um, you. However, I think I need to say this: the divers, Panelita, for example. Let's not forget that she was the bronze medalist in the world championship. So she's among the three top best in the world for wow. the 10 meters yep. uh, event. 
Um, what happened in the Commonwealth Games, I think she said it repeatedly, it was not her day. Perhaps it was just one of those moments mm. and I hope she'll bounce back. Uh, but overall, um, you know, we are of a certain standard and it should have been reflected in the results. Mm. Uh, like you rightly mentioned, you know, uh, the sport and the events that shone the, that shone the brightest, unsurprisingly badminton, of course. But also unexpected medals came from weightlifting mm-hmm. and also a new star is born, 16-year-old Ng Jo Yee. Yeah, we could have done better, but there are also plenty of reasons to be optimistic, right? Plenty of positive ca- positives can be taken from this Birmingham outing. I, I just need to correct you about weightlifting. Weightlifting has always been mm. our playground okay. at the Commonwealth Games. Mm. Uh, we usually suffer at the Sea Games. Right. You see, you, you see the contrast there? Mm. You know, for most of the sports, uh, the Sea Games is pretty much more of an exposure uh, platform and then the Commonwealth Games is the big thing, yeah. you know? But for some sports like weightlifting, for it's example, the around, right? it's the other way around. Simply mm. because weightlifters from Indonesia and Thailand and Vietnam specifically are really good. Mm. Um, our real competition in weightlifting is actually at the Asian Games. That's where you can see the true capabilities of the other uh, competitors compared to ours. So um, having said that, weightlifting in the Commonwealth Games, expected. Powerlifting, I think uh, Boni uh, you know, yeah. did a... Uh, no words can describe what he did, to be honest, because he, Superhuman. Coolly, yeah. he coolly came in, what, with 210 yeah. kgs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone else was just struggling with, what, 130, 140? I mean, that guy is... He's crazy, yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is interesting, you brought that up, because in my mind, always, I think for many Malaysians, yeah. um, so we put it in terms of, you know, multi-sport events, yeah. sea games, yeah. and then the Asian games, then the Commonwealth games, and and so on, right? Top being, of course, the Olympics. Are you saying that in that sense that the the, the order has kind of changed? In, in no, a way, the, the order has never changed. Um, the thing is that sometimes we look at it at a very, um, you know, in a wider scope. Mm. But for this um, sports, mm. you have to look at it individually. Mm. For example, basketball. Mm. The highest they can ever go is the SEA Games for both the men and women's squad. Mm. That's the reality. Mm. Yeah? So... That is their World Cup, so to speak. The same can be said about our football team. Yes, uh, they may have qualified for the Asian Cup recently and so forth and so on, but that's what, one after what, every 40 years or so? (laughs) So, yeah, the consistency is not there. So, until and unless they start winning on a consistent level, and then we can go like, okay, you now can graduate to the next level, Mm. which is the Asian game. Mm. So, it really depends on sports. For You you mentioned earlier about like badminton and... uh, since 1966, um, we've been producing, even before, but uh, 90, why I'm, I'm raising 1966 up is because that's when we competed as Malaysia. Badminton has been, you know, providing medals to the overall medal tally. Mm. So it's no surprise. And if you look at the other nations, if you look, compare with them on paper, um, on performance, and you look at the opponents, we are there. Mm. It, regardless which generation you look at because we've always tra- been there they're not traditionally badminton uh, nations nah, you know, right it, I, I think there's more competition in the Asian games mm. uh, co- compared to the Commonwealth games fair enough I'm um, looking a bit at the squad that when you know um, the youngsters definitely repaid the faith in them mm-hmm. 8 out of the 28 athletes aged below 21 won medals mm-hmm. future is bright Harish I have said this repeatedly on several other shows and I will say this here age is not a factor Simply because regardless if you are, what, 17, 18 or you're 43 like in the case of Siti Zalina, at the end of the day, it's the best 
they are the best and the best should represent the country mm. um if you're talking about you know exposure and stuff like that no the commonwealth games the asian games the sea games is not a platform for exposure mm. um the sea games is yeah so um having said that the future is bright yes provided touch wood that they don't suffer from any injuries <laughs> <laughs> yeah indeed yeah. indeed um we're going to be talking about I mean, you know, joey joey is excellent i mean Um, gymnastics is a sport that I find it hard to understand simply because it's really subjective. Yeah. Um, you know, you you can see in your eye that it's really good, and next thing you know, the marks are not. It's something else altogether. I've seen that happening multiple times across my 22 years. Uh, having said that, I'm not going to discount the fact that Joey did a really great job with those two gold medals. Yeah. And she's what 17. Yeah. Clearly, she's got. Um, I know gymnastics. You, know, you don't really have a, or it's presumed that you don't have a long uh, career mm-hmm. in it. So she's had her prime. She's got another solid what five, six years yeah. to give for sure. I mean, she's 16 years old. S- 16, 17, yeah, 17 years old. Yeah. So yeah, like you rightly mentioned, she's the first Malaysian to win two rhythmic gymnastics gold at the Commonwealth Games. But also, Harry, she had to compete in Birmingham without both her Russian coaches, right? Yeah. Who were Banned from entering the the UK, I mean, just to have that mental fortitude as a sixteen, seventeen year old is something else. Really commendable, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. And um, also, we've got um, our Paralympian runner who was there without his coach as well. He broke the record, mm. um, but he was there without his coach as well. So it's it's amazing that these guys um, could actually pull such feats uh, despite not having the comfort of. You know, their guardians, so to speak. Mm. Um, having said that, I'm a bit intrigued um, and I'm trying to find out what exactly happened with this whole uh, um, Russian <laughs> coaches not being able to fly to Birmingham because the association would have already known of UK's stand, and I'm pretty sure the Commonwealth Games Federation have, you know, they, they've made some form of uh, you know announcement regarding the entry of uh, Russian. Uh, you know, mm, officials citizens, right. yeah, uh, yeah, into yeah. the game. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised to be honest. How, how such a boo boo could even take place mm. to begin with? Yeah. Um. From gymnastics, we move to like you mentioned, weightlifting, powerlifting. A bunch of medals from this event: Anik Kazdan and uh, Aznil Bidin taking the goal in the 55 and 61 kilogram, respectively. Uh, two medals that open the account for Malaysia in in Birmingham, and like you mentioned, right, expected win from the duo. Yeah, weightlifting expected, but my biggest worry about weightlifting is that um, doping. <laughs> hmm. Right. It's always been an issue. It was an issue at the Gold Coast Games, um, whereby we got a winner, you know, stripped of his uh, medal mm. because of doping. Mm. And uh, I really hope that the same will not happen again. Mm. Um, simply because the sport has been tainted with this nagging issue for the longest time ever, despite the various education by the local. You know, um, entities like Adamas, for example, the Anti-Doping uh, uh, Association of Malaysia, mm. and then you've got ISN doing their bit as well, the National uh, Sports Institute. So yeah, despite this repeated education to all the uh, the athletes and the officials, uh, if it happens again, I just don't know what to say. I think they 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 need to really look at the sport and and. You know, not not include them in any program until they really can sort this out. Yeah. Nevertheless, I'm not going to use that um, as a means to cloud their their wins. Um, you know, Anik Asnil, well done, and um, 
yeah, I mean, this, this, it's, it's your time to shine. Yeah, so, yeah. definitely. Um, you also had silver from Muhammad Ari Hidayat in the 71 uh, kg category. But like you rightly mentioned also in powerlifting, uh, the Paralympic champion, right? Bonnie mm. putting on a fantastic showing, setting a new Commonwealth Games record as well in the process. A lightweight category of a 220 kilogram lift. Um, Bonnie, since his uh, Paralympic uh, win, um, he, has, he seems to be on an upwards trajectory. Yeah. And, and that is great. And that's what is, that, that is progress. You see a guy that keeps on recording and keeps on just pushing the envelope and yep. you know making things work. Mm. And like I mentioned, the spirit was seen the minute he just walked up to the you know that that confidence that it's it's money can buy. You can't train a person to be like that. It's just in his genes. His yeah. dad mm. used to be um, a, a national athlete as well, and he his brother Brian and his dad, three of them actually competed in the KLC games together, para, mm. para games together. Oh wow! Yeah, mm. so so it's it's really in their blood. But that calm, cool, collected bony, who you know just went onto the stage. Everyone is like I mentioned earlier, who's doing one thirty, one forty, and he just goes like, "Hey, let's go two twenty, you know? just go there, yeah. uh, two and then two ten, sorry, and yeah. then two sixteen, and the next thing is like two twenty, and by the way, his record is actually two thirty. So yeah, if not for that shoulder injury, so we were informed that he had a slight uh, shoulder injury, ah. but that didn't and still broke the record anyway. Why not? <laughs> Superhuman, that's that, for sure. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's really for, awesome for for, for someone. To be in his position, I mean, the challenges he faced on a daily basis, um, the fact that Paralympians don't get the same kind of attention as their able-bodied counterparts. Mm. Uh, I mean, everyone loves a fairy tale ending, and Boney provided that Definitely. For, for the country. Hundred yeah. uh, percent. After this, there are also calls from uh, MWF, the Malaysian Weightlifting Federation, mm. to have the sport reinstated into core sports or high-performance training yeah. programs. Right. Um, for me, it's warranted, especially with this showing, right, in England. Daryl, warranted, but um, can we just ensure that there's not going to be any issues? Doping. Uh, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, look, these this guys actually, um, they, they've got an amazing story here. They, yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they were pretty much um, shunned upon the minute the whole doping saga, um, you know... Um, surfaced. Surfaced and... And then uh, what they did was they, they took their own initiative, they disbanded the national team, they got things done, they found their own funding, which is what a professional setup should do. And they did everything following, the, it was just textbook professionalism. Mm. They, they sorted out their own mess, they got involved in the, what do you call, in uh, you know, tournaments abroad, um, they built themselves up and they came back from the Birmingham with two gold medals. I mean, this is what every other sports association should be doing. So I think, you know what, lesson learned here is that we should just cut the funding from all the sports association and see, perhaps that, that's the hunger that, that's lacking. Yeah. I think when, when, you're, when, you, you know, when you're getting money from your parents all the time, you take it for granted. Yeah. But the minute when you're left to fend on your own, it makes you realise that, you know, it's either you could finally put a roof on your head despite the lack of funding or you can even do better mm. so yeah it's, it's it's the same thing here yeah i guess sportsmen and women in today's modern age got to become entrepreneurs as well right they got to be entrep the entrepreneurial spirit of getting yes but more importantly the association needs to have a 
bigger vision of what they want to do with the sport, um, the, in getting the buy-in and the involvement of uh, you know, mass community, mm. um, and also you know um, getting people to invest in their sport. 2022-13, Sarish Dio joining me on the program this week as we review Malaysia's performance at the 2022 Birmingham Commonwealth Games. Coming up, we talk badminton, so do stay tuned. Only here on Bar None, PFM 89.9. PFM 89.9, this is Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. I'm your host, Daryl Ong. Today on the program, we've been reviewing the Malaysian contingent's performance at the recently concluded Birmingham Commonwealth Games. And zooming in on the events, we talk badminton now, an event which produced an unexpected hero in 22-year-old Ng Ziyong, taking home silver in the men's singles, while the duo of Perli Tan and M Tinia solidified their partnership, taking home the gold medal. Continuing on that conversation, we're joined by 2213's Harish Dio as we discuss badminton at the Commonwealth Games and beyond. One thing that I've learned about badminton in recent times is that there is no one individual dominating the courts. You've been seeing that over the past, uh, what do you call, uh, tournaments. Um, in the past, we take the men's singles, for example, or, yep. the, or at least the men's. Uh, we, in the past, you had, you always had the rivalry between Lindan Chenglong and Chong Wei. Yep. Yeah, but today it's like an open affair. Anyone I mean, you can, can I mean, um, you you can be a world champion, like like in the case of, uh, you know, um, the Singaporean shuttler, uh, world champion today, and next day you are losing to all the others. Mm. Look at what happened to Kento Momota. Mm. I mean, he's not been consistent at all. The drop's pretty drastic. Yeah, correct. Mm. So it's it's been a, a yo-yo, and and when I say a yo-yo. Uh, it's actually ad- it's a good advantage and a perfect opportunity for our Malaysian players to shine. They are in that equation of the among the world's best. Mm. So I think I think now is a perfect it's, it's a perfect generation a perfect era for Malaysia to actually finally um, you know be a world champion. Uh, something that we've not had we're still struggling to to produce till today and also bring back that Olympic gold medal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. So, Ziyong, um, you mentioned about his age, but look, let's not forget that the... Age is nothing. If you're good enough, you're good enough. And the other... Okay, fine. Yes, <laughs> I said that. But also, let's not forget the guy from India who played him in the final is 20 years old. Mm. Mm. Youngsters, all youngsters. Yeah, all yeah. young. So, these guys are going to continue dominating the courts. Mm. You know, touch wood, if no injuries, uh, bar- barring any injuries, uh, they- they'll be dominating the courts for the next, what... Six, seven years or so. Mm, yeah. So it's a very interesting mix, if you ask me. And also, I think badminton, you're right, you know, it's an exciting sport now and it makes it even better spectator sport, isn't it? Because you don't know who's going to win. Who would have Anyone thought, can get it. Who would have thought India would have won the Thomas Cup? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And they did. Speaking, Convincingly, yeah. Speaking of that, Harish, um, we kind of took revenge <laughs> in, in yes, a slight way. Uh, team events, uh, revenge of sorts versus India in the final. We yeah. took home goal after an impressive 3-1, really solid showing from the squad. What are your thoughts on this team event victory? I think before we even begin on the team event, uh, let's do um, the players a favour by actually mentioning sure. uh, their names. Chan Ping Soon, Aaron Chia, Ng Ziyong, So Wu Yik, Tan Kian Ming, Chia Yi Si, Go Jin Wei. Lai, Ping, uh, Lai Peijing Pelitan and M Tina yep. and um, number one yes uh, they did really well um, they look I, I never uh, expected 
us to win um, the, the, team the mixed team event, uh, mm. but they did. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. But I'm drawn towards Pelitan and Emtina. Mm. Um, not only did they, you know, they were of a big help in the mixed team event, but they did really well in the uh, women's double. Granted, that's right. Yeah. Um, if you're a badminton person, you've been, you know, uh, watching badminton throughout. You would know that their opponent from England in the final is of, you know, they're, they're just a mismatch, mm. not of their standards at all. Yeah. Nevertheless, I mean, Pearlie and Tina's play were just excellent. I think you watched the match and you saw how Tina was like... It's like a training match for them, right? <laughs> but they entertained, you know, and sports is all about... So that, that showmanship, that confidence, that... Gosh, I mean, I really... I was thrilled yeah. watching both Ziyong and uh, Pearlie and uh, Tina play in their respective matches. Yeah, Pearlie and Tina got a gold medal in the women's doubles and this duo seems to be such a dynamic duo, right? Perfect for each other, You, you know say. who they remind me of? Wong Peiti, Chin Yuhui. Oh. If you remember them. Mm. Not too long ago that is. You know, some people <laughs> make it, make 2006 or 2010 look like it's like, you know, the 60s, but <laughs> it's not too long ago. Yeah, it's and, been a while, uh, right? Since we had a duo yeah. like this. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've had, um, you know, we've won the past two editions, uh, the gold medal in the past two editions. Mm. But the impact, the lasting impression created by the players, mm. um, th- these two players certainly win hands down. Mm, for sure. And also uh, what the badminton squad did uh, in Birmingham is exceeded the expectations that BM themselves set for the squad. And, you know, Harish, just after such a chaotic and uncertain year for Malaysian badminton, you know, Lee Zijia and, you know, ETC, ETC, it's good to finally have some good news and a good showing on international stage, finally. But you do know that um, the Lee Zijia thingy was just unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, exactly if, what I mean. It's just if, chaotic. It's yeah, unnecessary if, if, news. If, if cool hates prevailed and <laughs> egos were set aside, um, it wouldn't have been blown out of proportion and you know, saw even the Prime Minister getting into the exactly. picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, it was a joke if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, better days uh, uh, for badminton, for mm. sure. Yep. Um, I love the fact that um, badminton is actually showing um, the other sports what the industry is supposed to be. Mm. I mean, we saw that in the Malaysian Open mm. recently. And I think, um, you know, the sponsors, uh, I think I shouldn't mention their name because they're not sponsoring the the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> but yeah, the sponsors, um, you know, they've, they've really, I think they, they enjoyed the whole return of investment. For sure. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're uh, milking it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. uh, from badminton now, we move to squash, Harish. And, you know, um, we have a last, we had a last minute replacement in uh, the women's squash, Aifa Azman, replacing the squash A. Sivang Sangari, right, who uh, had an uh, accident and couldn't make it to Birmingham. Uh, she teamed up alongside Rachel Arnold in the women's doubles. And he actually won over a reigning bronze medalist from Australia and eventually ended the campaign, taking home bronze. Should Aifa had been in the squad, or at least you know around the squad from the start. So, so, sometimes in life, you you think you've got it all planned. Something happens, mm-hmm. and the unexpected happens. Um, of course, we don't wish you know uh, something bad to happen to someone like Siva Singari. Yep. Uh, Singari. Yep. Um, but it did, and uh, her well-being comes first. But if you want to find a silver lining from that, um, as crude as it may sound. Mm. Um, it's actually in the form of the partnership between Rachel Arnold and Aifa Azman. Mm. And uh, beyond that, I think um, 
what I would like to say is that the squash team overall, but before I even, even go down that road, um, Rachel and Aifa were only paired a month, like or something a like month. that. Yeah. And imagine, yeah, they could have done wonders if they were together longer. Mm. Okay, mm. Um, if Siva Sangari would have been, you know, playing, it could have been a different thing altogether. Yeah, uh, they, they they could have won gold or, or you know, so there are so many ifs and and but but one thing for sure, the whole squash team, um, the boys, doubles. Um, uh, women's doubles um, both the women's doubles uh, what do you call teams I think they've done very well for themselves mm. and I would like to add another spot in that equation if you don't mind sure go for table it table tennis yeah table tennis <laughs> I mean it's like wow <laughs> yeah the, the table tennis team beat uh, the fancy de- defending champions India yeah winning the silver medal I, I, I table tennis was never a Malaysian sport to me so it's, this is kind of crazy isn't it? it it is and and the thing is that India I think was uh, they, they, they were like really pretty badly bruised their egos <laughs> uh, they, they, they were supposed to win mm. it's like, it's like you know, they're supposed to win, to win you right. know mm. um, but yeah that didn't happen and and Malaysia coming out of nowhere you know very little attention on the spot I mean, yeah they've, they've done wonders so if for table tennis if the Commonwealth Games is their so-called uh, biggest tournament mm. then I think they should the, the association should just prepare and be a medal contender yeah yeah, I mean, because Asian Games and Olympics, the, the, the class is really different. But having said that, my argument would be, why can't our players be of the same level with the others? Mm. I mean, what makes the others so special? I mean, yeah. But I mean, it really is, you know, this this Commonwealth Games is a good first step into that direction, uh, yeah. don't you think? Yeah. Uh, first good step um, is an eye-opener yeah. and hopefully more people will actually pay um, attention attention to the spot. And don't it be like a snooker, for example. They are always a medal uh, contender at every SEA Games, yet till today, they still don't have a proper training venue. <laughs> so, you know, it's like some sports are just taken for granted yeah. that they're expected. Hmm. Also, at the same time, I think, um, you know, the, the money or allocation for sports is not getting any bigger. In fact, it's shrinking mm. uh, year after year. Mm. And in if you're talking about professionalism, then sports uh, associations should start finding their own funding. And uh, as far as the government is concerned, it should then start scrutinizing and paying attention to sports that can actually progress mm. and not waste like 10 million on a sport that's still struggling at the regional level, if you know what I mean. Football. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that. I, I can read between the lines. <laughs> uh, but Harish, you know, running down the other sport, I think another highlight is Shah Fudaus, who scored bronze in the men's Kirin. Kirin yeah. um, his first individual medal in a major multi sport competition. What can you say about Shah Fudaus? I think Shah Fudaus has been uh, 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 impressing uh, quite a number of people mm. in uh, several tournaments. So when the name was even mentioned and you know he's won the bronze medal, it came as a no surprise because. He is on track, yeah. literally speaking. Yeah, so yeah, we we we, we are. I, I mean, everyone has been so fixated with uh, the likes of uh, Dato Azizul yep. uh, Hasni, mm. but they fail to realize that there have been a few others. It's good add to the throne, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah for so, sure. So yeah, Shafidaus, uh, you know, go on and ride your bicycle. On the flip side, uh, Harish, we have to talk about the events that underperform. Yeah. yeah. So diving, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, lawn bowls, mm-hmm. athletics, performances that failed to meet expectations. You know, a biggest surprise was Pandalela Rinong, Datuk Pandalela Rinong, who failed to win a single medal for the first time since she began competing at the Commonwealth Games. What do you think? And all these are, I would say, traditional Malaysian sport. 
all, all these three that I mentioned. Um, what are your thoughts on this? You know, is it, is it just a blip on the road to, towards Paris? I, I said this before. I was asked the same question and I said that, no, we should not press the panic button. Let's not forget that just two months ago, was it June or July, mm-hmm. that she came home with a bronze medal from the World Championships. World Championships correct. And the competition there is way bigger mm. than the Commonwealth Games. Mm. So yeah, uh, I saw the post-event uh, interview. Uh, she mentioned repeatedly that it was just not her day. You know, athletes are human. It can happen. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, you're just not feeling it. So yeah, that happened to her. That was that. That is something that I would like to believe. Um, having said that, every athlete, regardless the status, they all have got their own expectations and they all have got their own KPIs to meet. Yeah. And um, if they continue to slide, then obviously the stakeholders will need to relook at their how they can contribute to the sport or mm. if they should make way for new faces. Mm. I'm not speaking about just her alone. I'm speaking about across the board. And uh, yeah, but if it's just a blip then just should just find out what what went wrong correct it and move forward onwards and upwards yeah, right yeah um we're going to talk about uh some young people thing now esports mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i mean Malaysia did really well at the Commonwealth Games. I mean, um, winning, winning home a whole bunch of medals, although it didn't uh, contribute to the, the overall, of, overall official tally yep. for it being a demonstration sport, right? Yep. Um, but yeah, that's also another thing uh, definitely to you know, mention and mm-hmm. congratulate the team for that. Um, right after um, the closing ceremony, the OCM president, Dato Noza Zakaria, came out with a statement um, on investing in the grassroots in hopes of you know unearthing another Engjo E, for mm-hmm. example. Something, Harish, that you have been harping and you know advocating for years and years now, right? Thank you for paying attention to what I'm saying. <laughs> every show, every show. <laughs> if I die tomorrow, I'll die with a smile because at least one person actually remembers that. But you know, it's good to hear a message like this all the way from the top, right? Uh, look, it's no rocket science. Hmm. If you invest at the lower levels, um, it's not just about... You see, sometimes we are so fixated about that whole medal tally yeah. that we fail to realise sports is bigger than just that result. And I, I think I, I, I just want to... Thank you for, for mentioning that. But before I answer your question or go into what you've just said, yeah, I just want to highlight a few things if, if you don't mind. Yeah. Australia's population, 25.69 million. They've won 67 gold medals. Total, 178 medals. India's population is 1.38 billion. They won 22 gold medals. Total medals, 61. Malaysia's population is 32.37 million. We won 7 gold medals. Total medals, 23. 23. Okay. Mm. Now, what makes Australia so successful? I mean, India, population way bigger. You could say that they would have more talents, correct? But what makes Australia so successful? According to... Professor um, David Shilbury of Deakin University in Melbourne, eh? he said that at the end of the day, he said a whole lot of things, but at the end of the day, um, sport is a major cultural element of Australian life. Sport in Australia is a means of expression. And the other thing is that there was plenty of activity agitating for change prior to the 1976 Montreal Olympic Games. Australia's performance in Montreal only served to reinforce the need for the reviews and actions that should follow. In other words, 
it was already obvious to key sport administrators that Australia's ability to remain competitive on the international stage was waning rapidly, largely due to its amateur sports system, grounded on volunteer efforts. Whereas professional sports systems were features of other nations' efforts to produce elite athletes. Right. I think that that's your. Those are the keywords here. Now, why India struggles in sports despite the huge population? A 2016 BBC report said that the India Olympic Association admits the country has not always done enough to support its athletes, and it's always due to shortage of cash or organization, and that. Sport is rarely on the top of anyone's agenda, and that includes athletes and their families. Hmm. Sports has always taken a backseat compared to education. Hmm. Okay, last one. Why is China so good in sports? Kids are pushed into playing different sports and are encouraged by their parents to take it up as a profession. So, you need good men to spot good quality talent. Long story short, the summary is that if you make sports into an agenda... At the lower levels, mm. you will eventually see results. Yeah, we need a whole cultural shift, don't we? It's not about the number of people you have. It starts with having that sports culture. Mm. Starting from families, families to communities, communities to at a bigger level, and then eventually all the way to the top. That was Harish Dio from 2213, as this week we've been reviewing Malaysia's performance at the recently concluded Commonwealth Games. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's program. If you'd like to revisit the conversation, the podcast will be up soon on our website, www.bfm.my. And also, we'd love to hear from you. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name's Daryl Ong, and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week, only here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.